0: in this month's episode of all things business to podcast it's all things women's football as i sit down with the one and only kelly smith kelly talks to me about what it was like growing up wanting to play football she'll tell us her thoughts on this summer's euros how far will the lionesses go and she'll also tell us who she prefers ronaldo or messi england or team gb kelly smith in my opinion is the greatest english female footballer of all time wayne rooney Bobby Charlton, Gary Lineker. They are the only footballers to score more goals for England than Kelly Smith. I am totally in admiration of her. She's somebody that is rightly getting the recognition for being the trailblazer and elite player that she became a total Welcome to All Things Business, the podcast, Kelly. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. Thank you, because I know you've got a very busy schedule. The Euros is upon us. We're going to talk about that shortly. Um, but just for those watching listening to this, take us back to what it was like being a young girl growing up in this country, wanting to play football.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, I first started playing football probably at the age of five or six um, by myself in the back garden with a ball, juggling the ball, hitting it against the brick wall, uh, the garage, so it would come back to me. I was always juggling it up above my head, trying to work on my touch and technique, um, you know, dribbling around cones in the back garden, just had such a love and a passion for it at that age. Uh, and I have a son now and I see the same things in him, wanting to do the same things in the garden, so it's really pleasing for me. But, um, yeah, I had a younger brother at the time too, so we'd obviously play in the, in the lounge Um put the sofas out for fake goals and go 1v1 against each other. Um, and we did that for a good few years. But I really wanted to to play on a team. I'm, my brother at the time was playing for, for a football team. We're about seven or eight now. And um, I wanted to play on a team, but there were no girls teams for me to play on. Um, and I remember going to my brother's training sessions at Garston Park and there was a big hill and the ball would always roll off down the hill and I'd run after it. And I'd dribble it back up or do some step overs and hope that the coaches would be looking to see that I could actually play football and wanted them to ask me to go and play for the older age group. Um, But that never happened. So I asked my dad, can I play on a team? He's like, right, well, there's no girls teams for you to play on. I'll ask the coach of a couple of years up um, for Garston boys. And the the manager said, yeah, come along. Um, So it started from there and, um, you know, playing with only boys. I was a bit of a tomboy back then. So I had short hair. So everyone thought I was a boy. Until um, it found out that obviously obviously I was a girl. And then we started playing competition games on a Sunday in a competitive league. And I would be scoring quite a few goals, six, seven goals a game and being the star player. um, And we were winning every game. And it was the parents um, of the opposition that started to have a problem with me um, because I was the best player. And I think I was embarrassing their sons by you know, scoring as many goals as I was. And they said um, that I shouldn't be playing football. You know, I should stick to netball or hockey or something like that. And they refused to field a team against my team, which I didn't understand at that age. It was Mm -hmm. very hurtful. My dad sat me down and said, then you can't play anymore because because you're a girl. And um, I was like, I just want to play football, dad. So... They were the challenges that I faced. The same thing happened on another team um, in my local town. Uh, I got kicked off of that team for being a girl, the best player. Um, Mm. So it was very hard uh, growing up uh, that I faced a lot of adversity early on. But I always wanted to be a footballer. Um, And then obviously I played for Watford ladies at a very young age. I think I was like 14 playing with senior women because there were no girls teams for me to play on. And I was lucky enough that I got scouted to play for Arsenal whilst playing in a, in a tournament at the Watford Football Festival. And Arsenal was my team growing up and um, I was delighted. I went and, and signed for them.
0: Good. Now, you obviously went on for, with Arsenal. You, you went over to America, which we, we'll touch on in, in a bit. Um, but you overall, your career for both club and country was amazing. Um, trailblazer, record changer, record breaker. What would be your career highlight And which goal is your favourite goal of all time?
1: I've got so many career highlights. (laughs) Obviously, the first FA Cup final. um, It's always been a dream to to play in that uh, as a kid growing up, watching it on TV. And where Um, was that? That was at Nottingham Forest. Um, Whereas
0: now, the FA Cup final is at Wembley every year. Yeah, the last since 2015, it's been
1: at Wembley. I'd love to have played my first FA Cup. My last FA Cup final was actually at Wembley in 2016. And that was obviously a dream. Um, so that was a highlight. Oh, can I pick two? Yeah. Um, um, playing in the World Cup, my first ever World Cup in China in 2007. Again, as a kid growing up, that is the best um, tournament it, for me.
0: Is that where um, you took the, your boot off and kissed it when you ran off to the corner?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was against Japan um, in my first ever game. Uh, I scored two goals in that game and, mm. you know, I did a lot of visualisation before the game um, which I like to do because it made me feel more confident going onto the pitch, and I visualised myself if I was scoring to take my boot off um, and just to show it, uh, like like that was the boot that that scored the goal. But I think you know, my emotions took over me and I kissed it. Yeah. And people actually thought after that that I'd um, you know was trying to promote my Umbro boot deal, but that wasn't the case. It was just you know emotions, yeah. living the dream.
0: The visualisation is was that just natural to you visualising what would happen, or or is that something that maybe. Your coaches taught you at the time, or somebody else in your life had mentioned, you know, you should visualise these these moments.
1: Um, yeah, but we actually had a sports psychologist with us with England, Misha, Misha Jervis, and uh, she worked with a lot of the players that wanted to invest in that. So she would teach us techniques of of what we should be uh, visualising in our mind before. So I'd lay on my bed the night before a game and just um, just lay there and uh, imagine the stadium full. Um, Imagine the smell of the grass, yeah. you know, see good things in my mind with me dribbling, beating players, passing it, getting it back, shooting, that sensation of scoring. So you have all that memory logged in your mind. Yeah. So when you go out on the pitch, it just feels like it's easier to deliver and do those things.
0: I'm a big believer of the skills that are required to play an elite sport and elite business. And and, I, and I'm... I encourage some of my, well, I encourage my team. I don't know how many of them actually do it, um, but to have visualization boards, uh, vision boards, so it can be the first thing that they see when they wake up in mm-hmm. the morning, the last thing they see at night, and they just picture what that what that is, those life goals to achieve in work, but also out of work, whether that be a home, whether that be uh, a car, whether that be um, uh, a qualification, etc. So it's interesting um, that you know you, you you visualize scoring that goal. On the subject of goals, what's your best best ever goal?
1: Probably in the Euros in 2019 in Finland. It was against Russia. And we had to win the game um, to go through to the quarterfinals. And we were losing 2 0 in the first half. We managed to claw it back to 2 2. And just before half time, I remember the keeper having the ball at the top of the box. And she kicked it um, from her hands. And I was just standing on the centre circle, not on the centre circle, on the, what's it called?
0: the. Set, like, yeah, yeah before the, on the
1: on the arch yeah the, arch sem- the center, center circle. circle and the ball come to me and I just rem- I didn't bounce it just it just cut, hit me right on the foot and I just popped it up and then it was just the perfect um in the air and I just saw, knew where the keeper was because obviously the ball would just come from her and I just managed to volley it back straight over her head because she was out of her, out of her goal so the, the instinct to do that the power that I had and the audacity um, to do that and it put us 3-2 up and then we uh, What minute oh. was
0: that in roughly?
1: Uh, that was just before half time so the buzz and the feeling in the team at that having clawed back from, from pr- potentially going out of the tournament and yeah, to yeah. then putting us into the quarterfinals um, that was a really special goal for me and the team.
0: Brilliant. Now, you, you literally um, did put women's football on the map. Um, you were a trailblazer across in America. You have obviously done amazing things in England. When you were growing up, America was very much the place to play football for, for, for women. Do you think that's reversed now? And is England the place to play football for women?
1: Yeah, when I was growing up, there was no professional league in England. We were having to pay to play the game. And that's one of the reasons why I left England to go to America because my dream was to be a professional player and be on a ball full time. And that's why I, I got a soccer scholarship and was training every day. And then the professional league started, I went straight into that. It would just seem more advanced. Um, but now, come full circle, you know, 20 odd years later, um, we have a full time professional league. The England setup now is fantastic with all the age groups, there's a pathway there. And I get a lot of young girls, you know, come to me and say, write to me and say, you know, I really want to go to America. And I say, you don't have to go to America Mm -hmm. now, because for me, um, England is one of the best, if not the best league in the world in terms of the the product, the quality of the players and teams now. Facilities. uh, Facilities, a lot of investment from from all the clubs. The FA are, are taking it serious now. They didn't back then. Um, so I just see our league growing and growing from here on in. And a lot of the top international players now want to come to England because of the TV deal now. A lot of the games, Sky have taken it, BBC have taken it. It's now visible for everybody to see. So I say, now you don't need to go to the States, stay in England. The game's amazing.
0: Now, now, on that note, Europe's best female footballers are coming here in the next couple of weeks because we've obviously got the the, the Euros. Um each of the England group games is a sellout. The final is already a sellout. And being English, you know, we always want to talk about the final <laughs> and getting there. Um, we always go mad as a country. And I, and I cast my mind back to the, the, the last Women's World Cup and Euros, in fact. And it was, there was that buzz around the country. It was on mainstream media. It was getting front and back page headlines. Is it going to come home this season? <laughs> uh, sorry, is it coming home this summer?
1: Well, I certainly hope so. Um, I was fortunate enough to play in a home Euros in 2005 um, and it was phenomenal just having that home support and the crowd. Um, It wasn't on TV as much back then um, as it it will be here. Every game is going to be broadcast. So I know how special it is. And I think the England team um, are really strong. They've got a real deep, strong squad of a good mixture of youth and experience. And I was working... Uh, of ITV doing their first game in the build-up to this tournament against Belgium, and the first half they looked really good in terms of yeah. their creativity. Yeah. Uh, they won the game three Um They've got a lot of attacking flair and talent.
0: So many different options up top.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, probably the most attacking England side that I've I've seen um, ever. Um, I'm glad Fran Kirby's back in involved and amongst it because she's yeah. one of their better players, Lauren Hemp is going to be a world-beater, if not Nat, this tournament in a few years' time. She's absolute quality. When she gets on the ball, she makes things happen. Chloe Kelly's back in the side. She's a very tricky player, 1v1. Alicia Russo, you know, a different outlet, um, good in the air. Ellen White, um, they've got so many. Um, Obviously, the big one was Steph Horton not making the side. And I think Serena Wiegmann um, has won a Euros before. Uh, with Holland in 2017. And yeah. she's very a very cutthroat manager. She's made that statement by not picking the captain. Um, so I think she's, you know, she's the person for the job. I think they can get to the final. I think they've got a, somewhat of an easy group, Austria, Northern Ireland. They've already played them before and beaten them quite heavily. So I, they, they will, so I certainly think they'll get to the final.
0: Who would be the team to watch?
1: There's so many. Um, I'd say England, Germany, you can never write Germany off, France, I've got a, a full of stacked uh, international players that are very, very good playing for Lyon, PSG, um, Netherlands, the, the holders. They've got Miedema, who's mm. renowned for, for goals.
0: If there was one player that you could have in the England team from another nation, who who would that be? Um, oh
1: God, that's a tough one. Does she have to be European.
0: Uh, well, yeah, all I right. Pray. If we could steal someone from yeah, another another country, another any other country,
1: European, it would have to be Viv Miedema because of her talent and goal scoring mm-hmm. ability. Um, I've watched her a lot uh, for Arsenal over the years. Her movement, um, her swag, she scores goals inside and out. She's such a threat, and I think she would slip right perfectly in as a number nine for England. Medigold Health Group is one of the UK's most trusted occupational health and wellbeing providers, helping businesses to keep their people in work safe and well for over two decades. Delivering services including absence management, employee screening and mental health and wellbeing programmes to more than 2,500 clients looking after three million individual employees. Twice winners of the Big Business of the Year Award at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, Medigold Health are redefining corporate healthcare through their commitment to clinical quality and technological innovation and supporting businesses of all sizes to succeed in achieving their workplace wellbeing goals.
0: I've got some quick fire questions for you now, Kelly. All right. Um, so this is, I don't want you to think about this at all. I just want you to fire back at me. All right. Okay. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Red or white?
1: Red. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough one. <laughs>
0: Take that or Oasis? Take that. Beach or pool? Pool. Indian or Chinese? Indian. Summer or winter? Summer, all day long. Night out or night in? Uh, night in, quite boring. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, book or film? Uh, film. England or Team GB? England. Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Scoring a tap in or a 40 yard assist?
1: A uh, 40-yard assist. Really? Yeah, it's more yeah. more technique and more quality, I think, than just standing there and tapping the ball in.
0: Okay. Premier League or Champions League?
1: Ooh. Premier League.
0: Finally, Sunday the 31st of July, we are in the final at Wembley. You've got a box on the halfway line and you can choose six people to join you, past or present, to watch the game. Which six people do you choose?
1: Oh, God. Um, six people, right. My dad. Yep. My hero. Definitely him. He'd love that. Actually, my son, because that would be his first ever proper final game at Wembley. If he can sit still long enough, he'll have to take (laughs) his iPad, just in case. That's two. I have to take my wife, because she'd kill me, because she always likes to come to the games. That's three. Um, Past or present? Yeah. Probably my nan and granddad, who have passed, because it's a nice... Yeah, gig yeah. for them to, to watch the game, and they never actually really got to see me play that much. So, for them to share in that joy of England um, at Wembley. And then the last one, God, probably David Beckham. Becks. Yeah. Have a conversation with him about the game and how far it's come and grown and get his thoughts on He's where he sees it of the going. He's a game, isn't he? He is, yeah. His daughter Harper likes to play too. So, if we can add seven she can come along too (laughs) and entertain Rocco
0: (laughs) brilliant um Kelly look on behalf of me and everyone here at All Things Business thank you for taking the time to sit down with us and hopefully we'll see you at Wembley cheering England on on the 31st of July
1: thanks with my six guests